0: Welcome to Responding Fire, the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Holden Depardo. That's Chad Michael Ennis. Yeah, you are, and you are you, and that's why we love you. We have what if a they pretty... are not you. No, they they are. What if they don't identify as you?
1: They what if they identify as us? It's 2019.
0: <laughs> well, right. Let me let me one more time then. Welcome to Respawn Fire, the Kick-Ass River Gaming Podcast, where three mean, lifelong friends- Yes, we do, because okay. we have to be all-inclusive and do it two okay. times. Okay. We're three lifelong friends gather to <laughs> talk <about> video games. <laughs> I'm Holden Depardo, that's- Chad Michael Innes! And you are us, and that's why we love us. <laughs> Did you ever
1: have people in middle school, or I guess for you, pre-K, uh- who would drink bottle like bottles of? I'm trying to describe this for people who are just listening and not being one of us who are looking at the screen. Who drink out of the side of their mouth out of a bottle? Never. It was like that was
0: the cool thing to do for a good like three weeks. That's really stupid. That yep. it shows it lasted three weeks. Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. What's not stupid is all the cool stuff we got to talk about this week. What are we talking to talk about-, about, Holden? Well, first of all, we're talking about the Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay that was shown off. It looks, we'll get to it. We'll get to our impressions. I'm not going to spoil what we think of it yet. Telltale Save it is returning. It's not reopening, as people are saying. It's returning. Uh, it's a different thing altogether. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Are we post-game?
1: editorializing in our advertisement, or are
0: we waiting till we get to the story to talk about it? Shut up, Chad. I'm <laughs> introing right now. <laughs> post-game content for borderlands 3 was announced and chad and i played all the same games we played control dragon quest 11 and man of medan
1: oh we've got i don't want to call it a review but review impressions we're gonna talk about our time with control and man of medan today yes both of before which are that, at some
0: point of completion sexually <laughs> before that let's talk about sony's quest log starting off with dreams actually look at this amazing kaiju game a player made in dreams patricia hernandez says at polygon so as you know dreams is a game where you make like little levels and games and someone made a kaiju game where you are a kaiju like a, you know like a really cute looking godzilla the most in this case.
1: adorable kaiju
0: yeah destroying cities eating planes and boats shooting lasers out of its mouth and tail and it just It made me really want to get Dreams just to play this.
1: Here's my thought on this. One, how fucking impressive is this? It is so freaking cool. You wouldn't have been able to tell that this was like... I I honestly, looking at this, thought it was made with like Unreal or uh, Unity or something like that. I had no idea it was made Mm. with Dreams. That's really freaking cool. Two, cute as shit. Three... How deep is the gameplay on this game? Probably not very deep at all. Probably just like, oh my god, I'm going to go run around on this for 35 seconds. Isn't that adorable? He's oh, eating a it's boat. Oh, 100% what it and is. And it's just going to be a lot of those 35 second experiences. Mixed but in with a lot of But I want to be able to play as that
0: cute kaiju. It's worth $30, Chad, for the early access to play as a cute kaiju. kaiju as a plushie? All right. And then you can just um, like sleep with it. Yeah, the not gameplay sexual. literally... The gameplay literally just looked like you destroy buildings, you get points for destroying buildings. That's yeah. it. I think that's really it. Um, however, what made me think of? What did it make you think of, Holden? We had this Friday the 13th game coming out. We had this Predator game coming out. Oh, my God. This made you think you of Friday going, the 13th? Yes. Not those games specifically, but like est- that kind of style of game where one uh, player plays as this kaiju destroying buildings and stuff. And everyone else is jet planes and all this other kind of stuff trying to take out the kaiju before the kaiju takes out them. In all the buildings, no, 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 I no, think it'd no. I would be awesome. No. no,
1: here's what it is. Did you see Godzilla: King of the Monsters? I did not. There are umpteen kaiju out there, and Godzilla's against them all. So one person plays as Godzilla, trying to kill the rest of them, while the other ones, like Mothra
0: and all these other goddams, are out there trying to take down Godzilla. I think it would have to be an like a every man for themselves kind of death match in that case, because no. Godzilla, like the whole, like, in Friday the 13th, it's not Jason versus Freddy Cougar. It's Jason versus a bunch of hopeless camp counselors. No, see, that's where you're wrong. All
1: of these other kaiju in the movie that you didn't see and are now commenting on are all on the same team, and they're all looking to take down Godzilla and take down the world. What
0: I'm saying is that they're on the same level in terms of power for the most part. No, they're not. Godzilla is so much more powerful. You didn't see the movie! That doesn't make sense to me, then, because then why has Godzilla been fighting off one-on-one against these things for the past few decades?
1: It's a movie, Holden.
0: They're all unrelated, and they're all dumb. Why isn't the Godzilla movie 100% factual and logical? It doesn't make sense. No, I think that would be super
1: cool, though. But when you get that, you also get the benefit... Of, you know, everybody plays as a camp counselor on Friday the 13th with very slight differences. But everyone gets a really cool badass
0: monster to play as. Albeit yeah, be in a Godzilla. helicopter or a fighter jet. You could be, all right, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go on this top of this building and shoot bazookas down at them. No.
1: You know how many games we have where you could be a helicopter or a fighter jet? Too many games. But how also, many games do we have Godzilla? where you could be
0: Mothra? None games. God's, there's a Godzilla game. It's a fighting Godzilla you game. Cannot you cannot be Mothra in it, though. Yes, you can. You cannot. You I'm are saying sure that
1: confidently. Oh, and there you go, and then you just lost confidence. No, you're not. You can't. Looking it we're looking it up. We're looking Look it up. Look Lick on my balls, it's a car. Godzilla back. fighting game roster. Look it up, up up on fire. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh.
1: destroy all
0: monsters melee. Um, 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 uh, hey
1: guys thank you for uh, supporting us if you're a patreon supporter patreon.com slash respawn aim fire we just posted like t- 30 minutes ago uh august's wallpapers a little mario inspired brick action going on there oh bricks put that all okay. over my
0: pussy so mothra is not one of the playable characters <laughs> oh. but Extras oh, include That's up we, we which need provide to provide additional health, That's all health, we need to know. That's energy, all we need to know. Unlock a finishing move or summon Mothra for an airstrike. So no. Mothra is in the game, but no. you're not playing That as is That's
1: like saying, oh my God, Lucario. Oh, wait, no, that is. What's a stupid. Okay, oh, Goldeen, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's like Ooh. saying Goldeen is in <laughs> Smash Bros. No, Goldeen's not in Smash Bros. You can throw a Pokeball and it goes Goldeen, 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 but you can't play as Goldeen. You get to play as Mothra in this imaginary I didn't say game I that right. you made up I was right I said it's I not one of the better. playable characters, but Mothra is a summon. No, that's it doesn't count. It doesn't count. You don't get to play as Mothra. <laughs> I didn't say I was
0: right. I'm just saying it does not matter. playable character. You made up this
1: game. I made it better. And it doesn't <laughs> matter at all because we're talking about dreams.
0: <laughs> well, maybe you can make uh, Famito Ueda's new game, the Last Guardian Creators game, better. He's I'm looking for a publisher I'm glad you right raced
1: through his name because I was nervous thinking about it going into today. I was like, how the hell are we going to say it? How are we going to say that name? Fumito Ueda, that's what I'm saying. Fumito.
0: Fumito. Fumito uh, so with. he created The Last Guardian, also did Shadow of the Colossus, also did Eco. Um, he's looking for a publisher for this project. The game is just exiting prototype phase after three years of research, funded by, is it Kowloon Knights? Sure, I am a clone. <laughs> it's Kowloon Knights. They have a quote-unquote gray box level to show the publishers rather than an extensive presentation, allowing his team to spend their time focusing on gameplay. He promised that the game is going to match the scale of Last Guardian, Shadow of the Colossus, and Eco. Um, three years and he made a single prototype. Sounds like it's going to be coming out in about the same time frame as Last uh, Guardian. So PS6 can't wait. PS6. Although I really am excited. I enjoyed
1: the heck out of all three of those games. I have Last Guardian now. I've not played it, though. It is good. It is a very, very good game. And anyone who says otherwise is a fucking liar. Come fight me! I'll summon Mothra!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, there's going to be no PlayStation press conference at TGS 2019, Owen uh, S. Good at Polygon says. They will have a live show from its booth, which will feature gameplay from Neo Final Fantasy VII Remake, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, some other stuff, like kind of smaller titles as well. Um, But they're not going to have, like, a presentation.
1: TGS!
0: Woo-hoo. PlayStation experience better be dope as hell. I feel like they
1: haven't had a TGS. I feel like TGS press conferences are not always a guaranteed thing for a lot. No, of these but they have a companies. history of
0: showing off some big stuff. What though? Yeah, they do they've had a history showing off some of some stuff there. They have. Yeah, they're a Japanese company. Tokyo is close to them. Yeah, they support the communities. But I feel like it's not we'll a, like that. every single year. PlayStation showing up
1: to TGS. Can't wait to
0: fucking see what no, they're I, doing. I, I think you're right. I just, I guess what I was wondering is, I don't think they were... At, were they at Paris Games Week? That has
1: not happened yet this
0: year. It okay, that hasn't happened yet. I feel like they just haven't shown off anything really this this year. They, they still haven't. have to show off... I mean, they showed the Death Stranding stuff, but now we aren't excited about pissing on mushrooms. And... I still want to see when Last of Us Part 2 is coming out. I still want to know when Ghost of Tsushima is coming out. They have to show off more information on meta Evil. And do just they, like, though?
1: Nah. Yeah, I don't think they for, do. For I mean, they showed the gameplay trailer. They showed the comparison trailer. We've all seen it for 20 years. And we know it's coming October 31st. I think we're good
0: on that game. The but I, to get you, a I get you close on the, to launch the other the build hype. And I feel like, are they going to cram all this into... PlayStation experience, along with information on PS5, like how are they going to handle this. I'm just, it's like anticipation is killing me. I'm I just assuming want they have a PlayStation
1: something. experience, which I don't think they're getting this year.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we're getting one either this year. I, I don't know. I, I, don't I just, know. I want them to do something. Do something, please. I'm,
1: I'm totally okay with it. I don't want them to come out and say something that, like, come out with a bum
0: presentation that everyone hates. So, I don't, I don't want that. One right now, I am Dudley in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone tapping on the glass going, move, snake, move. (laughs) (laughs) That's me right now. How dare you
1: compare Sony to a snake?
0: (laughs) A boa constrictor. I think I did more of a disservice to myself by comparing myself to Dudley Dursley. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Dudley Dursley. Yeah, so what? They're not coming to TGS. Okay. (sighs) Great. Cool. But some other dope stuff is happening at TGS, as we'll get to a little bit later, coming up in like two weeks.
0: That's pretty much all for Sony, because there's not much to talk about with Sony right now. Moving on to playtime. Chad, we both played the same games games this week. Playtime. What did you play this week?
1: I played, uh, I'm going to just mention one thing, I'll talk in depth about another, and then we'll discuss the third. Number one, (laughs) Dragon Quest XI demo. If you're not aware, this game comes out on Switch at the end of September. The demo is out right now. You can play it. It is uh, apparently a 15-hour demo. Not by time, but by what you choose to do in it. Um, Which is, according to Barrett Courtney from Kind of Funny, is the worst part of the game. Um. But that does carry over. So if you want to slog through the beginning of the game and then when it comes out, continue that same save and not have to do it again, do it. I've played it for about two hours and I'm I'm right there with that, that assumption of the first part of the game that, yes, this is every other trope of every JRPG it's like, oh my God, we start in a small town. Hi, oh my gosh, <laughs> you have to do a proving right of some sort. Get to the top of this You're mountain. The oh my God, there's one. monsters ah on that mountain that you had to prove yourself against. Who knew? I just wish we could just like find another way to start a JRPG. I think that would be cool. It's
0: been a while since I have had a JRPG, which I think is why I didn't. It didn't bother me that much. To me, it felt nostalgic as opposed to retreading the same stuff I've seen over and over again. Yeah. But But, uh, I'm still excited to play it. Still excited AF to play it. I am eight hours into it now. And I'm pretty certain I'm close to the end. I think I went through it faster than I thought it was. I thought I was kind of taking my time. Apparently, I wasn't. Oh.
1: Getting through it too quick, eh? Premature finishing. I was going to say ejaculation,
0: but that's not a pun. That's just (laughs) sex. Excuse me. I got to, in the, uh, kind of the open-ended area that I'm in right now, because there's kind of like a few open-ended areas. It's not like really an open world. Yeah. There's one little path I could go down. When I walked to that one, it said, thanks for finishing the demo. We're really excited you know, for you to continue the journey or whatever. And he, The game comes out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, but I thought that I had more story they told me to go do. And I did, went down another path and was able to do that story stuff. Hot. So, so I think that there's still more that I can do. If I just go down that specific path again, then it'd be done for me. But it specifically asks you, like, do you want to stop right now or do you want to keep exploring around? So I just chose to keep exploring around. But Explore. I like it. Explore. I like it a lot. Have you come across any other characters at this point besides the main character?
1: Oh, in my party? No. I, I basically just set out by myself to whatever the fuck town that I'm supposed okay. to go to as the chosen one. Okay.
0: The Luminary. That one, um, yep. Okay, yeah. So you'll meet some more characters. At this point, I have three other characters in my party. But I literally just got the last two.
1: Oh, speaking of, last week we were talking about... This is not necessarily speaking of, but this is related. Last week we were like, can you switch on the fly between 3D and 2D? Ah." You you cannot, You can
0: do it at a church. And it also creates a new save for the 2D mode when you do that. How do you know that? Because I've read that text in the game. Mm,
1: I don't know if that's true or not. But it says you can switch at will at any at the church whenever you like where you would normally go to save
0: yeah uh but honestly i like that i like the graphics in 3d i really like them although i made the mistake of going online and seeing the comparisons with the ps4 version looks like and i'm like yeah Buck, ps4 looks so good yeah switch looks
1: good but it's got that thing like the anti-aliasing on switch obviously is not going to be anywhere near what it is in the other ones and yeah. so when you get to an area with like a ton of grass it's just like oh man so many jaggedy grasses Get your jaggedy grass out of here.
0: Still really liking it, though. Oh, also, um, last week I was uncertain. Uh, if moving around the battlefield in combat did anything at all, mm-hmm. it does nothing. It does yeah, absolutely nothing. You mentioned that. I no, a nothing happened. you can switch it to a classic mode where you literally just stand in a line and go back and forth like usual. But I you got to make, make a, a new save file. Do. What was that? But you got to make a new save file. Just Not kidding. You don't.
1: I just made that up right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh! It is very easy. I've died once, and it's because I only made the arrogant choice to say, I'm not gonna use a health potion yet. I don't have to. <laughs> and it was stupid of me. It was my own stupidity got me killed. Now I know just keep healing yourself. Yeah, I feel it's like a that's a really easy game. I feel like that's JRPGs. It's really,
1: really easy, and then about two thirds of the way through the game, difficulty goes whoop and you're like, fuck. I should have been grinding this whole
0: time. I'm screwed. maybe that'll happen maybe I just did a big boss encounter and you fought big boss from Metal Gear Solid big boss yeah and still wasn't that hard but again it wasn't super far in the game quite yet but I'm liking it I really can't wait to uh, play it when it comes out a matter of fact it's already downloaded on my switch the full version of it Uh, hot yeah very excited. Chad and I also played Control. Chad beat it. Yep. I am not super far, but I definitely have a good idea of what this game is. I feel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I want to hear what your impressions are since you've. Everybody,
1: everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. Quote the Aristocats. That's a Disney very relevant. Movie. <laughs> 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 no um, control. Is to set it up for anyone who's not familiar with it, control is a game from Remedy Games, who's made Alan Wake and who made most recently Quantum Break on Xbox One. This is a multi-platform game where you play as Jesse, one of two siblings, and she is investigating a building for the Federal Bureau of Control. And it's all sorts of like sci-fi. Um otherworldly, almost like Ghostbuster-type stuff going on. Nobody's quite sure what's happening. It's very confusing for the first few hours as to, like, trying to piece together the story. And uh, so she's there trying to find out information on her brother, and then she gets wrapped up into all sorts of other stuff as the new stumbles into the head of this, this bureau for some reason. This, by the way, will be a spoiler-free um spoiler-free little impressions area Wow, you not beating it, it. And I
0: actually really am enjoying the story. I would like to keep going. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. So two things right off the bat. One, this game has one of the most interesting and visually stunning art styles and art directions I have seen in a video game in a while.
0: Yeah, it has a cool aesthetic
1: while still feeling very realistic looking. Yeah. Absolutely, and by realistic looking, you mean the building is like a fucking giant M.C. Escher painting, and then
0: you have to cleanse control well, like, points. And... The textures all look real, realistic. It's not like Dragon Quest, yeah. where it has this like painterly art style, but yeah, totally. Like The lighting is super cool. Yeah. It's really the lighting, I think, that adds that atmosphere and that tone.
1: The lighting, there's a, a really cool color palette, lots of like deep reds and grays and dark mm-hmm. blues and stuff like that that play really well together. Uh, there's a huge miss in this game is that there's no photo mode because I found myself it's coming.
0: It, is it? It's, gonna be it's too coming late for yeah. me because I'm gonna have the platinum trophy tonight. <laughs> uh, it's just an easy platinum to get because I feel like I've seen everyone on Twitter being like, "I got the platinum." I trophy feel like control. it's. I feel two like days it's easy after it, yeah. it, it came out. Yeah, there's not much more you'll have to do
1: other than completing all the side quests. I feel like. Okay, uh, so yes, it is stunningly cool looking, uh, interesting sci-fi story number two. The lore and this world that they're building out is so freaking interesting. There are hundreds, hundreds of documents and research and videos and audio recordings that you can find throughout the thing. And I listened and I sat there and read every single one of them I came across on the spot.
0: It's the first game I've ever done that with. I usually just kind of ignore that stuff usually unless it's when we have to read for story reasons. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, and this one I'm just like... Oh wait, there's a little. I see a little dot over there on that table. I bet it's something that I can read. I can't wait to go over there and read it. And oh, she's she's blocking her meetings. She's blocking. <laughs> why is she to block her meetings? I don't know.
1: I also I love so. One thing about, you know, you mentioned in Doom that you didn't read any of the shit about it, but I was like, oh, my God, I found this so fascinating. And as I was going Mm -hmm. through this about halfway through the game, I'm like, oh, I bet Holden's not reading any of this
0: stuff and he's not getting any of the enjoyment that I'm getting from this. (laughs) So I'm glad to hear that you were reading it. Um, I think what makes it though is that in Doom, it's like, oh, the primary thing in this game is shoot demons, and this, it's what's going on in this world. I don't really know, but this might tell me more about what's going on in this world, so I should probably read it. Yeah. It's the mystery of the game that leads me to want to read the things. And there's, oh, it has this, there's, has nothing to do with Lost, but has this very kind of like Losty vibe in terms of something strange is going on that i can't quite put my finger on yet and i want to go like in case of losses like going on to like 4815162342.com 15 16 uh, .com to see like what people are saying about it and, and get as much information as i can it's like that but it's all in the game and i can just read these documents and watch these videos and this, listen to these cassette tapes that are around to find out more about the world and you usually don't find anything out significant so far, at least, or where I am in the game in each of those, but it kind of gives you this taste of making the FBC, which is kind of like the organization involved in the game, feel really real, mm-hmm. and that just makes me want to keep going. There's a really cool character to the FBC, I think. Yeah, FBC, the Federal Bureau
1: of Control, uh, yeah. which you stumble into leading as the director. Um, these, these logs, kind of logs, research, all these, whatever, you, the whole thing all the mm. stuff you find kind of remind me a lot of what you would find in resident evil as you're going through and yeah. like reading research notes and like journal entries of people. And they're like, I went into work today and so-and-so was acting really weird. And then like, Oh my God, the dogs are turning rabid. What's going on? And then you like, as you go and you read more successive notes, you are like seeing the journey of them transforming into a zombie. Um, this obviously is not about zombies per se, but it is about really cool sci-fi stuff. In fact, I was thinking about how to describe this game and AWEs, which are altered world events, uh, which I'll talk about in a second, and the altered objects and objects of power. It's like, how do you talk about this without sounding so stupid?
0: And that's kind of why I was going to the whole lost thing, where it's like you'd be like, say anything about lost that happens in seasons like two through the end. And it's like that sounds really dumb. I'm not going to watch that show, right?
1: Right? Because <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about it, and I'm trying to describe there are there are objects of power. And there are altered items. I think they're AIs, whatever the AI stands for. And it's like, they're everyday things that you yeah, would it's like find oh, in your it's, home. Like
0: a, it's a horse of the carousel or something like that.
1: Or, exactly, carousel horse. There's a, yeah. a fucking plastic Christmas tree. There's a rubber duck. There's a bass, like the bass, the singing mouth bass that you hang on the wall and it sings, give me back that mm-hmm. filet fish. <laughs> but it just <laughs> flies around the room spouting devil nonsense and cussing at you like... It reminds me of trying to tell someone your nightmare. Which is very terrifying and serious to you when you're having it. And then I go, oh my God, Hold on, listen to this nightmare I had. I was in my living room, but the living room was actually like the playground at school. And there was this chicken in the corner. And then suddenly I get close to the chicken because it's calling out my name, but my name was Stacy in the dream. So it's calling out <laughs> Stacy. And as I approach the chicken, it actually turns into my dad from third grade. And we were at, so you just sound ridiculous as you're talking about it yeah but while you're playing it in the game you're not like oh my god a rubber duck of flying around bass all over the it's actually like serious in the game and you take it seriously which is so cool but also funny
0: this must have been really hard to pitch (laughs) like get the whole team on board (laughs) yeah (laughs) like tim um beginning to talk because that idea is crazy if you want to take like a week or two or a month like off of work <laughs> to collect yourself yeah, I, we, we would support you with that Tim. yeah
1: so um, part of my favorite thing about all this stuff that you're finding and reading about is i'm hoping every single time oh i hope i get to learn about another stupid object and what it did and why it ended up here because each one kind of tells you this is why this object was possessed or taken over by the hiss which we'll get to in a second uh, it, why it was taken over, this is what it was doing to people, and then this is why we found it and brought it to the FBC. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite one, I'm not going to spoil why or what it does or why it was brought in, but my favorite one is the plastic Christmas tree. Have you found that one yet? No, not yet. I love that one so much. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's so good to me. I love it. <laughs> no, I do know why. It's just so good. We'll talk about it after you've uh, after you've had a chance to find that and read about it. Yeah,
0: this is one I definitely want to do a side quest kind of spoiler, talk about everything. Yeah, just, yeah, I really want to do that for this game. Um, I'm really just in love with the gameplay of it. It's a very satisfying game, mm-hmm. like, especially with the telekinesis power. You just pull something in and throw it across. And you just feel that every shot of the gun feels so good. Love that it's like a pistol, but it's really it can adapt to be other types of guns as well. Right, the like, gun itself like moves and reshapes, and it's, it's super, super cool, cool looking. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll just do the L, uh, L trigger aim against a wall just to kind of see it move. And I'm like, that's really sick looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the enemies are really satisfying to fight as well. Like, there's just impact to every action. Mm-hmm. It's really great. And also, I guess you can call them boss encounters. It's kind of like boss encounters where there's like... At least I there... came across... You came across the first one that's a flying enemy, right? Yes,
1: it's so. I've passed
0: that now, but that's like kind of the first thing I came across.
1: That's something. Like that. There's this game is interesting in that it doesn't really have bosses in the main storyline. There are a couple of enemies that was like one of the only ones I can think of outside of a few side quests that actually has a life bar at the bottom, which is why you assume it's a boss. But that's just a regular okay. enemy.
0: And interesting. What well, are they that hard to kill later on? They get, they around, they get I, pre- a little easier as you go on. Okay, but I have not come across another one.
1: But you'll start. That one was determined. hard to kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They definitely don't have as much health as they did in that first battle. Okay. But it's they introduce new types of enemies in that way that make them seem like they're a boss battle, but it's really just mm-hmm. introducing a new type of enemy that becomes standard. Okay. So, so it's a are... way to teach
0: you the mechanics of it without actually having like a drop down that says make sure that to not use telekinesis against them because they'll right. dodge it. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There are actually a few bosses in the game. But only – I can only think of one that's actually in the main storyline. The rest are all side quests, and those are really mm-hmm. cool too because they're also directly okay. related to objects of power or those affected objects or uh, altered items mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck it is again. Yeah. Um, so I definitely – this is a game that I can't wait. I've, I beat the game, and I cannot wait. I'm going to, immediately after this podcast, I'm just going to go and knock out all the rest of the side quests that I have left um nice it's worth saying too that this game is super engaging and interesting and you can tell that because i played about two hours within the first like week that it was out and then yesterday i played from 10 a.m to 1 (laughs) a.m holy crap i only broke to get lunch and dinner and then i came right back to it wow so i i think that's the longest straight gaming session i've ever played in my life
0: it is really engaging. It is. it is
1: part of it, of course, was I wanted to make sure I have it beaten before today, so we could talk about it. But also, I did not mind playing that much straight through either. It was so <laughs> cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how the a little bit of the atmosphere and the the story a bit. The the hiss, which is something you're introduced right off the bat. No spoilers. The hiss um, is a, a really interesting kind of like overarching enemy that you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. It's like this sound. That's possessing people. It contributes to the aesthetic because it like... You'll see people floating in the air. Yes. But they're not enemies yet. Maybe they will be. Yeah. You're walking down the hallway and as people, they look like they're suspended from like a rope in their chest. So they're also kind of like flying back or like their arms and their head are flayed back. And they're floating there, and then all the time you're hearing them all chanting the same thing. Like, back through time, and and, 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 and you want to this, and and, 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 and." So you're hearing all of this chanting going around you all the time, too, which makes for a really cool atmosphere.
0: Yeah, it's not scary, but there's a kind of level of dread, almost, when you're walking in a hall and you start hearing that. It's like, oh, no, they're coming, they're here. But it's not, like, scary necessarily. necessarily. It's just kind of creepy and unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. And then part of what I find so great about the story...
1: And the gameplay in general is that it's it's accessible because it's mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. But not in a bad way. They, like, when you're talking about the story, there are three or four major characters that you meet. And you have extensive interactions with them throughout the game. There are really interesting people. Like, the janitor is one of the yeah, fucking... the janitor really funny. One of the fucking most interesting characters that I can't wait to learn more about.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't understand half of what he's saying. No.
1: (laughs) At first, I was like, should I turn on subtitles? And then you can hear in her inner monologue, and then with conversations with other people, they're like, oh, nobody
0: understands what the fuck he's saying. I like that. (laughs) Well, it's funny. It's funny. I first started playing the game. uh, The painters are coming in in the house right now. They've been doing stuff. And this one guy had the radio going on upstairs while he was painting. And I'm like, oh, I can't hear what this guy is saying. I feel like I'm missing out on something. And it wasn't until they (laughs) left. And I'm like, oh, my ex-interaction with him. I'm like, I just don't know what he's saying because they don't know what he's saying because you're not supposed to know what he's saying
1: yep yep yeah (laughs) so i think that simplicity also carries over to the gameplay as well we talked about you know you have one gun that can switch Mm -hmm. forms to up to five different guns you have like depending on how many side quests you do and how much you hunt down you have six powers i think that Mm -hmm. you can have um and each one can upgrade a couple of things about them a certain times, uh, certain ways. And then your guns, really, you can slightly upgrade them and add mods to them. But nothing is so extensive or deep that it feels overwhelming or that it takes more than 30 seconds to a minute to understand how that mechanic works. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps you in the game. It keeps you constantly progressing in a way that is super engaging and not intimidating at all. So I love that it, it does have that satisfying combat. It has that satisfying feel without being really complex.
0: Yeah. I do feel like it's worth mentioning the performance.
1: Absolutely. God, do I wish this game came out a month later.
0: Yes. Um, it never did. It's like Breath of the Wild when it came out. It, it has some frame issues, but it doesn't detract from the experience. I would say that about the overall experience, two thirds of the way through the game, when
1: you start to encounter more enemies at once, yeah. there are times when it chugs down to like five frames a second. Ooh. and I'm playing on a ps4 pro um, and it chugs down to like five frames a second and it is
0: it is distracting to say the least it doesn't at least you're you got farther on the game that I did by a lot um it doesn't feel like it only lasts a, like a moment it feels like yeah and then it kind of stops
1: it do, it does. Yeah, so when, especially later persistent. in the game, too. It is, when you're fighting, it's basically for about 30 seconds. It'll be that low until you've cleared out some of the enemies, and it'll be back up. But especially early in the game, yeah, it's, it's not super long-lasting, and it's occasional. In fact, as I was going through it, I was starting to think to myself, I was like, well, how often is this really happening? Is this something I can recommend? Is it, like, something that happens once every 20 minutes or so? I found that it happened every single time I cleared a mission. My game... Video would just freeze for
0: a good 10 seconds, but the audio would continue. Mm-hmm. Um, or- I also noticed that sometimes if you were to like pause one of the videos that's playing in-game, like one of the, like the real movies, <laughs> yeah. it oddly would start to have some performance issues there. And I'm like, this should be the most basic thing to do. It's a file that exists on the PS4's hard drive, and it's literally yeah. just playing a video file. So there are, throughout the game, there are a bunch of live-action video
1: clips recorded. Which I think is a cool thing they do not only for those clips but also throughout the game. They kind of blend live action in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of live action video clips and not a single one did I watch without having some kind of hiccup in it where it would yeah. stutter or, again, the video would freeze but the audio would keep going. And uh, you're right. It's, it's literally just playing, pressing play. – it's not rendering anything in real time. It's just – especially if you're watching it. You have two options. You can watch it in the environment if it's like projecting onto a screen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can watch it in your menu. Yeah, but when even when you're watching it in the environment, they've fixed your perspective on it, so they don't have to render yep. it moving with you moving. And I don't understand why that gets so framey and hiccupy. Um, side note about those videos: Have you found any of the the threshold kids videos? Yes, the fucking creepy ass, they're so weird, weird ass puppets. They're so weird. Oh my god! I want, I want simultaneously. <laughs> A full-length series on Netflix of those things, and also I never want to see them again, and I want everything to be burned that ever existed with them in it. <laughs> so fucking creepy. Um, so Yeah, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand how mm-hmm. that... It must be some kind of,
0: like, bug they can fix or polish it's up pretty It's probably quickly. an engine issue, is, yeah. is my guess. Something underlying in the game. Yeah. So it, it definitely does have some performance issues. Um... They have promised that they're going to release them. They said it might take some time, but yeah. they promise they are going to iron them out. But the issue is that it might take some time. I'm not going to wait to play this game. I really want to keep going, which no, is where thing. I'm kind of get into the whole, I don't think it detracts from the experience entirely, because I still want to keep going and keep playing the game. I'm a little disconcerned to hear that it gets worse as you go along. It does. But I shouldn't be surprised, because they're not going to have less enemies as you keep progressing in the game. Fewer. So fewer Uh, (laughs) no one knew what i meant until you said fewer (laughs) that's right
1: yeah i was struggling with like do i recommend this now or do i recommend people wait for a patch and honestly i think i recommend it now if you've been curious about this Mm -hmm. game one if you're like on the fence like oh do i buy it buy it it's absolutely worth it support this developer a single player really cool ideas and games support them um two i played for what 14 15 straight hours Mm-hmm. with all of these issues in mind. And it didn't matter because I was like, I care enough about whatever's coming next to find out and continue through this. And I think it's it's totally that balance of performance issues versus gameplay and, and satisfaction. I think it, it
0: tips enough in the gameplay satisfaction way that I would recommend it. Not spoiling the ending, but were you satisfied with the ending or is the game about the journey, not the end? So the ending is... Very interesting. Okay, it is interesting. That's in Hollywood. That's key. For I didn't like it. (laughs) No, it 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 was interesting. It It,
1: it did not wrap up how I how I expected it to or how I wanted it to. But that doesn't mean Mm. I didn't like how it wrapped up. Okay, it was unique. I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, but I respect their choice, and I thought it was an an interesting, cool choice. It was a dream the whole time. The whole time. Um. Yeah, I think that's about all I have. That It's really great game. 100% worth the full 60 bucks, even with the performance issues at launch, and they're going to get fixed soon enough. I yeah. like it. And again, again, I like it enough that I'm going to Platinum it today.
0: <laughs> Will you Platinum, moving on, to our main quest, actually, to talk about Man of Medan? Ooh! We both played it, and we thought that it was worth even just moving that
1: straight on up.
0: Yeah. Um... We should. I should note, um, I made a big old whoopsie two times and killed two characters. That well, I, that's part of the I game. Think, yeah, but I think that kind of made a sort of ending was different than what it should have been. It, the ending is what it is.
1: Should have been is not a thing in this game. It ends a certain way because we made those True. choices.
0: I feel like there were answers we didn't get because... Because of the choices we made. Yeah. So I think I do want to just preface with, I think we should play it again. To kind of see more of this. But I'm still... Would like to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, what were your initial
1: impressions, Chad? Uh, just because I'm not 100% sure if we actually did say the name of this game. Man of Medan I is did. what we're I did, Okay.
0: I did say it, yeah. Uh,
1: Man of Medan, I was nervous going in, seeing all the sixes out there that it's getting. And I... Really? Yeah. Everything, everyone's giving it sixes, saying it's oh, well, not okay. good. And I very much disagree with them. I had... A blast with this game, with the four hours that it took us to beat it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a ton of fun. I thought it was interesting. I thought the the actors were actually really well acted. Not, like, yeah. blow you away, but it wasn't distracting that they had bad acting. Sean Ashmore was my favorite, and I thought he acted really well as well. <laughs> um, it was engaging. It looks beautiful as well. Like, the, the character Absolutely. models, the environments are stunning there are some gameplay hiccups in the way that we chose to play it. We so we played the the new multiplayer online co-op where we both played different characters at the same time going through different events. And Which I think it was the highlight of the game. I think so too. That makes yeah. for so part of the part of what's fun about Until Dawn and games like that uh, is that you get the discussion about it either while it's happening. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, you should make this choice or make that choice." Or, "Oh my gosh, and the tension's there or Later, you go to your friends and be like, oh my god, did so-and-so live in yours? No, they got killed. What? Yeah, and they got this guy and it came out with an axe. Oh my god, I didn't even know that was an option in my game. Those are the two kind of really great things about this game. And I feel like you get both of those
0: at the same time when you're playing it this way. It's a whole different paradigm, honestly. It is. I mean, there'll be points where Chad and I were not seeing the same thing, but we were playing the same moment in the game. And the two characters that we were playing as... Had a different perspective because they were, we'll just say without spoiling anything, influenced in a certain way. So we'd be talking to them, being like, "No, no, no, dude, that is me. Don't worry, that's nothing else. Don't t- stop running away from me. <laughs> you don't have to run away yeah. right now." It was kind of cool to have that dynamic.
1: Yeah, and there were a couple of different types of levels where we would do this. Like one of them was, I'm diving down below in this wreckage of this plane while you're up above on the ship talking to someone else, and. Mm-hmm. While I'm down there, I'm like, oh, my God, hold on. I just found this cool bullet with whatever on it. Or, and then you're up there like, oh, I just talked to so-and-so and learned about this. So we're having these conversations in real time or in the like opening prologue we're talking about like oh my god i just found this really gross thing or this scary thing or oh my god what just happened to you oh i was hiding in a locker and somebody just shot me up and then i open the door and there's this gross melted face chinese guy and then you're like oh my god that's crazy because i saw a kid run into a locker and then i shot it up <laughs> but uh, this isn't spoilers That happens in like the first five minutes of the game yeah so like being able to have those discussions in real time and realize that our gameplay is affecting each other and like oh you're shooting me not knowing and i'm shooting you not knowing that kind of thing you're, like it's super
0: cool It was very clever. Yeah. It was very, very clever. I do feel like in comparison to Until Dawn, at the end of Until Dawn, I knew what the complete story was and everything was going on. And leaving Man of Medan, I do feel like I missed out on some things and that I want to go back and explore different options to see if I can learn more about what happened on this ship. Uh, I think there wasn't as much conclusion. For context, yeah. Three of the five of our characters died by the
1: end. So there might have been some things, as Holden was mentioning, that we didn't get to see because of it. That's my whoopsie. I don't know if it was your whoopsie. So this is part of what I didn't enjoy about the experience. This game is obviously designed for this type of play in mind. Like, they they designed this one around multiplayer this time, seeing how people Mm -hmm. played until dawn. And so we played it, online co-op, and there were quite a few times throughout the four hours that we played where I could obviously tell that, like, I was stuck briefly on a loading screen while like something worked on your time, or we got disconnected, or a screen popped up and said, yeah, your connection to the other player is weak. Uh, mm. If you end up playing this way, I highly recommend both people be on a PS4 Pro, if possible, or the highest level machine, have an <laughs> Ethernet cable plugged in, don't rely on Wi-Fi, because I feel like because of our connection, there were quite a few times where the QTEs, the quick time events, the button prompts, were lagging. Um, my biggest complaint with this game okay. is that the QTEs are too fast, but I don't know if it's too fast or whether it wasn't registering my button prompts as accurately because there were a lot of times towards the end where I was okay. like, I know I hit that button. I feel but like I it think- was my
0: fault, but thank you for reassuring me. <laughs>
1: no, I, there was, there were several times unrelated to you killing those two guys at the end. Um, I murdered them. I killed there them. were several times where I know, like I hit the button. I could see the remainder of the time count down, Then it tells me I didn't hit it. And I was like, I know I hit that button, but well, there's like also a physical hiccup, a visible hiccup, where I'm sure that maybe it just didn't register and sent to Holden's instance of the game to register that I actually did hit that
0: button. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, uh, there's also an element of so like, all right, They have this whole like keep calm mechanic where you see like your heartbeat showing up, and you have to like time your mm-hmm. uh, hitting X to the heartbeat. And when we first started the game, it's like, man, that's the slowest heartbeat ever. And then suddenly it became super fast. Yep. And that threw me off. It threw you off, too, because I killed one of your characters, I feel.
1: The first... that So that mechanic is a changed one from Until Dawn. Until Dawn, they had to the, like, hold the controller as still as possible. And if yeah. you move it, it... and Like, you can't move it more than this or else you get alerted. But this one, I felt like was a cool addition. It's like a almost a rhythm type thing where you have to hit beat, 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 beat. So you're tapping X along to it. But that was where I noticed it the most. Where I, I felt like... After I failed the first two or three heartbeat segments in my characters, I started to press it and anticipate it just a little bit. So, press it just before the heartbeat got there, and it would Mm -hmm. register as hitting. So, that's where I noticed that, like, there's a bit of a lag based on the internet connection that we have. Yeah. But... Just because that ended up killing half, more than half of our crew doesn't mean we didn't have a good time
0: doing it. No, I had a total blast doing it. Um, like I said, my only real complaint is that I felt like we missed out just because our characters died. That's not really a fault of the game. It's kind of more of a reason to go back and play it again. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did really like it. Totally enjoyed it. And I'm really excited going forward for what more of these Dark Pictures anthology games are going to be like. Me too, 100%. I, also, I we
1: saw the trailer. So, the one new story you have here for the review is that there's a trailer at the end after the credits for the next installment in the anthology series called Little Hope coming in 2020. And I saw, oh, all right, 100% going to get that and play that on day one, too.
0: Yeah. If you, I just wanted to make, mention this. A lot of the headlines I've seen have said this is a Man of Medan sequel. It is not a sequel to the story in Man of Medan, it is an anthology, it is a different story altogether. Uh, but like the headline for this is Man of Medan sequel, Little Hope Tease for 2020. Not a sequel. It's not a sequel. Um, yeah, but no one's going to click
1: on a headline that says the second installment in the anthology series. Yeah, no, I know. no one's going to click on that.
0: Yeah. Um, last thing I was going to say also is just I. one thing I really liked a lot more about this is it's shorter length. First of all, it's only 30 bucks, so it's it's worth it. Yeah. It was about four hours, which, again, you're going to replay this multiple times. So really, it's more than four hours of gameplay you're getting. But I like that it was a smaller story, which makes it, I think, easier to do like online gameplay with it. If it were eight hours, like Until Dawn was, it'd be harder to say, Hey, Chad, let's get together this weekend and play eight hours of Until Dawn. For that reason, I almost wish it was like two or three hours. Like, because...
1: Yeah. I feel like at four hours, that's enough that you have to break it up into two gaming sessions, almost. Unless you're with a friend mm-hmm. who's like a really serious gamer, and they're like, "No, I get it, let's binge it." But if yeah. you're, if I was trying to play this like with Jesse from our Affable Idiots podcast that we talked about, yeah, uh, if I were to play this with Jesse, I don't know if we could do this all in one sitting. And mm-hmm. coming back the next time, we'd be like, "Wait, where were we again? What just happened? Which characters are dead and why?" And so we have to catch back up. I feel like if we could do this all in one like movie length experience, that could be a really fun thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a blast. Uh, we yeah, I did too. As a disclaimer, all of the six reviews is out there really that are saying six exactly yeah, everything in the reviews that are out there right now, I feel like are saying the single player mode is completely uninteresting. Not uninteresting, but is the worst way to play this game. And I feel like that's maybe what they included as most of the review. And this, the way that we played it, was the ideal way to do it. So maybe we mm-hmm. just had a lot more fun because of it. I'm interested yeah. to see when you play it single player how it handles some of those like simultaneous things that were happening where like you were playing a character and i was playing the opposite character and like I yeah don't, I, don't I also said how the you game play. a lot
0: longer if you do it that way because I you assume... were playing things while i was playing something else so we kind of completed the story on our own in some way from what i heard from other people talking about yeah. it there are those segments where if we're playing two
1: completely separate things like i'm diving down to the shipwreck or to the plane wreck, and you're up on top. You do play both of those, but I don't know how you could play both of some of the other things.
0: Yeah, because they rely on each other absolutely. Yeah,
1: and once you figure out, like one of them gives away the shtick of the other. So, like at playing the second mm-hmm. one, you're like, oh, well, then
0: why would I do that? Yeah, you've retreaded the same territory a lot. I can see why that would get kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about the dialogue, bro.
1: <laughs> you know there were so many people shitting on that dialogue i i even said right off the bat i was like it should be illegal for people to call people cis in movies or games nobody says hey what's up cis nobody calls each other cis in real life
0: <laughs> but but it was so in cheek the dialogue was great it was
1: it totally worked it totally worked when there's like dude but you are my bro bro and then the other guy's like bro oh. <laughs> He's like, it totally worked <laughs> oh and sean ashmore trying to be that like disgusting pervy dude was so fucking good he was so funny yeah great game i had a blast with it if you liked until yeah. dawn and you play it with friends play it with friends absolutely whether it's mm-hmm. in the movie night version at home by yourselves not by yourselves but with friends or online online apparently is the way to do it though
0: yeah, total total blast! I can't wait for Little Hope. I'm very excited for that. I feel like it's probably not that far away. They want to release two of these per year, which is what they've said they want to do two per year. Yeah, probably early, like early early twenty twenty. We're gonna see this. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm pumped.
1: Oh my god!
0: Are we move to the quest log, Chad.
1: Moving on to our fetch quests.
0: Uh, let's run through <laughs> these. Actually, have lot of that fetch- with a belch. <laughs> you have a lot of fetch quests this episode we uh, Starting off with Untitled Goose Game Gets a September release date, it's coming at September 20th Meaning it's going to compete with Link's Awakening Odd choice, I think okay. It's going to be $15 Whatever. at launch and $20 post launch also be available on Switch As well as PC Speaking of Switch, Bulletstorm is coming to Switch It's going to be $30, that surprised me I kind of want to play Bulletstorm, I've heard really good things about that game Yeah, wait, great Actually, 30 bucks. go Isn't Wasn't a PS Plus game? Bullish. I think it's a PS Plus game. If it's a PS Plus game, I'll play it on there. I'll look it Capcom up in my library and Capcom is see. unveiling a mysterious new Resident Evil game in September. There's a teaser. It will be released Monday, September 9th and it'll be playable at the Tokyo Game Show which is uh, going from September 20, uh sorry, 20th. September uh, 12th to the 15th. Yeah, so new Resident Evil. Can't wait. I it hope it's seems... not like Resident Re- Evil Revelations 3 or something. It sounds like it's not going to be Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil uh, 3 remake or anything like that. It sounds like it's going to be something a little bit different Is is what um, from the leaked screenshots that have come out uh, Bulletstorm full clip edition was a PS Plus game so you might okay, already have fingers. it unless you yeah. had to buy it again like you did Friday the 13th Like a dummy. yeah I missed that game for some reason co-op action RPG Ashen brings open world exploration to Switch mm. this December it's coming. Uh, it's also coming to PS4 and Steam uh, it's coming out December 9th I am pumped for this I can't wait to play this game I'm wow. definitely getting it on mm. Switch this might be like pl- my December game On Xbox Game Pass. Like, because
1: the last thing coming out this year that I'm going to play is Star Wars Fallen Order, Star Wars Mm -hmm. Jedi Fallen Order. And that's like mid November, mid to late November. Yeah. So I'm going to need something to play like over the two weeks of vacation I get
0: as an adult and working at a grown up job.
1: Oh, so fun. So maybe I'll (laughs) play
0: that. PlayStation Plus games for September are fucking sick. Batman, Batman, Arkham Knight, and Darksiders 3, two games where I'm like, if I could get that for free, I'd definitely play them.
1: Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I'll play That's the first selection. 30
0: minutes of Darksiders 3 one day at two years from
1: now. <laughs> and Batman Arkham Knight, I had a good time with that. I hope they patch out the it before, but
0: I've heard good things.
1: You never played Batman Arkham? Have you played any of the Arkham series? Nope. What? Not one of them. What? Haven't played them. Okay, when, when you get an Xbox, Batman mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Are both on Xbox Game Pass, so you can play those for free. And then you can play this for free.
0: There you go. You got the whole collection. All right. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be playing Mario Kart Tour, which is releasing September 25th. Really? Why not? Don't, because I have Mario Kart on my Switch. I'd rather, that's basically a mobile version of Mario Kart as far as I'm concerned. I can play it anywhere I want to. Why would I play this version? Don't care.
1: It looks, I'm surprised at how much it looks like a legit Mario Kart game.
0: Don't care. Well, what, I have a legit Mario Kart game. It's called Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You know
1: what's not in that legit Mario Kart game? What? You don't get like the character-specific cool power-ups, like the giant Bowser shell that he sends out and all the other cool things, like Yoshi's egg that he can shoot out. Those
0: are specific to Mario Kart Tour, so... Don't care. A new Shovel Knight, if they didn't release... Any new Mario Kart games ever? It just kept re-releasing Mario Kart Eight on all future Nintendo systems. I'd keep buying it because I think it's the. Perfect and every time, Mario time you Kart get an game. extra item. <laughs> <laughs> By like twenty thirty, there's or twenty forty. There's like four items that are listed there. <laughs> that gave me too much. A new Shovel Knight game is coming, and it's about digging. It's called Shovel Knight Dig. Yeah, it looks very different from Shovel Knight, not like mm. aesthetically, but uh, gameplay wise, looks cool. Yeah. And then, Star Citizen Squadron Forty Two beta was delayed three months to Q three. I'm isn't very that the curi- rip
1: off game that's not actually real? What do you mean, Star Citizen? Isn't that the game that you wanted to do like a deep dive expose
0: onto? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, is it a scam? Is it not a scam kind of game. We we had a big discussion about it once because there was a big op-ed about it. Um, yeah. Not an op-ed. Um, it was an opinion piece on it. Uh, it was a big like breakdown of like the history of that game and the people behind it. And it does seem like it's really legitimate. He's just doing a super ambitious project that's taking far far longer. And he has some questionable uh, methods of income. We'll say <laughs> um, drugs, drugs. So that's the quest. That's the fetch quest log. Let's move to our third party quest log. Chad, up the get up. Get hyped. Because you're more excited about this than I am. Do you actually want to take this one? Because I think you'll have more energy to it than I would. Gearbox outlines Borderlands 3 DLC slash post-launch
1: plans coming from ZarminaCon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Guess what? It's exactly what you would expect from Borderlands 3 DLC. (laughs) Woohoo! Bloody Harvest (laughs) event includes spooky activities and events coming for free uh, probably this October, I believe. There's the yeah, know, spooky takedown. activities,
0: maybe December. I don't know. <laughs> spooky is like a big hint. December, definitely December.
1: There's a Malawan takedown with a new map, enemies, bosses, and rewards for coming for free as well. And then a new DLC pack along the lines of Tiny Tina or um, the Torg DLC is going to be coming in the season pass. Adds a new campaign to it. Additionally, there is um, September 6th will be... All of the Borderlands 2 DLC, including the characters you can now play as, will become uh, Borderlands VR, so you can play Tiny Tina as a Mecromancer for the first time in virtual reality. Still no cross-save of your characters between the two games, though. Ugh. Kind of Funny Games will also host a Borderlands 3 discussion to highlight all the goodies coming to the game on September 18th, which is five days after the game launches. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep soups cool soups cool you excited chad uh yeah v excite v V excite Excite. i'm happy for you i'm happy
0: you're happy i think this next one also appeals more to you than me uh telltale is getting quote-unquote reopened really what happened is uh, a bunch of investors and two guys jamie is it oat lily not Lily. This guy's then, never been in anything relevant to us yeah. ever. So yeah, and then Brian Waddle. Uh, they're going to be those two guys. Will be heading this new version of Telltale. They basically just bought the properties of Telltale, s- some of them, not all of them, and the name Telltale Games to basically quote unquote reopen the studio. They are hiring former telltale employees on a contractual basis and they'll be bringing them on full time as it becomes necessary they kind of already said that we can't hire everybody it's just not realistic but we yeah. want to bring as much as that basically that soul as and back in as much as we possibly can um not all the ips are purchased which kind of makes sense um i'm sure like things like i, I don't know which ips are bought and which ones weren't there's no comment on that unless you've seen anything at all no. but like i'd imagine like batman would be more expensive to get or, like, Minecraft story mode is probably in the hands of Netflix at this point.
1: Uh, Minecraft did go back to Netflix after yeah. that got canceled. And then Walking Dead is now owned by Skybound. So mm-hmm. they don't have Walking Dead. Um, but uh, it is still TBA as to, like, their licenses with Guardians of the Galaxy and Batman and
0: Wolf Among Us and all the other stuff. Yeah. I uh, think have two offices, one in Malibu and one in, is it, Corte Madera? Sounds right to me cool where they're, ba- they're, they're both in california they're both um the the, the goal right now is really just to kind of figure out what the pipeline's going to be um for for the games what they're they don't want to have crunch essentially they want to kind of figure out what this development cycle is going to look like so we'll hear more about this going forward this is all still pretty new uh, a lot of telltale employees have come forward to talk about this and a lot of them are skeptical just because This is an odd story for starters. A lot of them are skeptical just because of the contractual basis of employees being hired. But apparently the the former employees that have been hired, who kind of know the deal, sound excited apparently. Which is giving some of the other former employees who didn't get hired some reasons not to be skeptical. That's pretty much the gist of everything we know. I'm looking at the notes here, but that's pretty much all we know right now. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect it, and I'm
1: still cautious about mm-hmm. whether this is a good thing or not. Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, some stranger just liked what they did enough that they bought the name. And they say, hey, we're going to start taking you guys back little by little to continue working on stuff. But it's mm-hmm. a new person. Had no affiliation with them before. Yeah. Um, they're... You know, obviously starting small, but they can't hire back all of the same people who used to work on stuff, so they're hiring back you know tiny little bits of people at a time. Their offices are in different locations than where telltale used to be, so I'm sure they're not gonna be able to get everybody back' cause not everyone's gonna wanna relocate so I don't know i I don't know what to expect from this, but I'm definitely just gonna keep an eye on it and see where it goes and and how it turns out,
0: yeah, um to be fair, and the whole like, there is one person, Sarah Guinness. Who she is coordinating the return? She was the director of operations at the original Telltale. She apparently had no part in the decisions that led to the Telltale downfall. H- however, being the director of operations, I am skeptical of that claim. But at least there's someone there who is in charge of the inner workings of Telltale originally. That's kind of helping lead this. She I means she's going to have some insight into what went wrong. Uh, and apparently, she had a good reputation. Even for the former employees were talking about that. I'm going to be optimistic about this just because i feel like they wouldn't have done this if they didn't like and respect what telltale is trying to do yeah um and they have this concerted effort of like no crunch that was a big issue a huge issue at telltale so it's really good to hear that they are out of the gate saying hey having a healthy work environment is a priority for us that's good um but we'll kind of see. I mean, can they get... I mean, I, just to be clear, was never really a big fan of the Telltale games. They never really spoke to me that much. But a lot of people really liked them. And a lot of people liked that soul that Telltale games had. And if they need to recapture that soul, I think, is the biggest thing. They need to recapture that heart. And maybe just build a new engine while you're at it. Oh, my God. That's why I never played those games. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> like do main it from the beginning. Them. They probably will, I'd imagine. And I bet it's going to be a while before we hear anything else. Yeah. Um. Also, kind of a side tangent, it's not really related to this, but it is at the same time. The Borderlands 3 writer wants to pen Tales from the Borderlands Season 2. The lead writer, Sam Winkler, claims he inserted some winks and nods to Tales from the Borderlands and Borderlands 3 that he would love to pick up where Tales from the Borderlands Season 1 left off. Props to Sam Winkler for just seeing Telltale being revived in
1: the news and being like, y'all, I'm going to turn my own stuff into a news story because I want to get on that team. So he's like, hey, you know that guy who's writing for Borderlands 3? I also want to write for you. So props for him for taking that and, and using it. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Want you to win my room. And then we get to a spot that I think Holden's going to jizz all over his eyelashes about. There's a new yeah. gameplay demo for Cyber-tunk, Cyber-tunk, Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk. Cyber trunk of the car. Showcases deep dive look into gameplay mechanics, Night City, Pacifica, and much more from Jordan Biazzo at game Ranks.
0: This was perfect. Just because they gave me more information, but I still don't really feel like anything was spoiled for me. I just kind of learned a little bit more about the world, learned a little bit about the game mechanics behind the scenes, and I'm just so, 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 so excited. I cannot wait for this game to come out. I only have one minor nitpick about the, the demo. I think they call get those that of the nips way. for short. Yeah, one little nip about the, uh, about the, uh, the little not really demo they showed up, a little like, highlight reel they showed. Um, I want to get that out of the way and we'll talk about all the positive, amazing things. Uh, I think the Keanu Reeves character, Johnny Silverhands, looks like a PS2 character in this demo. <laughs> 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 I didn't think he looked that great. Outside of that, um, it wasn't even that bad. I'll, I'll say PS3, early PS3 character. All right. But Man, man, this looks cool. Basically, the entire purpose of this was to show off a specific area of the world called Pacifica, which is basically an area that was starting to become a really big uh, area. Part of Night City, but then investment was pulled out and it kind of just economically went down the drain and now it's crime infested. It's very dangerous. They specifically say in the demo you might not want to walk through this area. You might want to drive through it. And if you're feeling lucky, if you're feeling strong, maybe go to the markets to find some weapons there because there's going to be some good weapons there. But it is run by two uh, uh, um, gangs called Voodoo, uh, the, Voodoo, the Boys. Voodoo Boys, and the Animals. And they are in competition with each other for this region essentially. And then they, without telling you that much, kind of showed you a mission involving the dynamic between those two, those two gangs, and how a net runner, which is basically like a hacker, a stealth hacker, approaches it versus um, what do they call it? It was just like a strong man, basically, like just a strong character going. It was, um, yeah, uh, was
1: something solo hero, solo solo hero, or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah, the word solo was in it. I remember because I'm like, wait. Aren't they both one player? And I was like, oh, wait, no, maybe it's like Han Solo. I so, hope it's not like Han Solo.
0: <laughs> So what I liked about this was just, first of all, just seeing some more of the UI in this game. That UI is so good looking. It's perfect for the aesthetics you're going for. You think I so? Love it. I love it. I yeah. felt like it was distracting. Oh, I loved it. Why did you find it distracting?
1: I felt like there was so much going on, and the, the text was so tiny.
0: Well, I think a lot of the texts are not even supposed to read. Like, there's like one where exactly. you're hacking in. If I'm not and supposed to there's... read it, don't put it on my screen. That's distracting. But it's kind of part of the, but it adds to the cyberpunk aesthetic of like all the, it's like in the Matrix. It's like saying, oh my gosh, all these little codes running by in the Matrix in the background and I can't read any of it. It's so distracting. No, it's not like that at all. It is like that, though, because no. they're both cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> not like that at all. And so I love that. The, the, just seeing more of the UI is really cool to me. It was really cool though seeing both the levels play out differently for each character. Yeah. So. It was vastly different between the two options vastly like the, the strong character can literally go to a door that's locked and just if they're strong enough rip it open <laughs> like, that's so badass I want to do that so bad but if you're the hacker you could like remotely hack people or something like that or you like there's one guy who's like lifting weights and they say everything in the world is hackable including that that weight system he's using over there so you hack the system drops the weight that's on his neck stealthily took him out and like little things like that where I'm like holy shit the possibilities for this game are off the chain off the chain no I longer connected to the chain it's
1: like the chomp from super
0: mario got off of its chain and is chasing you through the level yeah it's everywhere um those are my initial impressions we might go a little bit deeper what were, what were your thoughts I, I think you're less excited than i am
1: every time they release something for this game i shift to a different direction on it like <laughs> i feel like every trailer comes out i go from
0: 3 uh, I'm, not, I'm okay site. on this.
1: And then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm actually really pumped for this game. And I feel like it's every time they show story-related stuff, I get really hard. And then every time mm-hmm. it's just like more gameplay-related things, I was like, oh, this looks like, okay, it could be every other game. Or I'm just like not as interested or it, it looks too much to me or something like that. But every time it's story-related, I'm like, yes, I'm super in. And I'm like, oh, wait, but my day-to-day is going to be regular, normal-ass stuff. Um, so I was not as high on this trailer because I feel like it was more on the gameplay side. I, t- and
0: that I don't disagree with you.
1: A- and I would just was... say, have you
0: seen a world like this before in a game?
1: Well, let me finish my impressions.
0: Okay, fine, Chad. And that... I'm just too excited. Stop talking. You're talking bad about it. <laughs> I'm censoring you. <laughs> and,
1: and that both of these look like they're going to be... I-, I feel like we've seen the hacking stuff in a lesser form but still uh, similar to it in deus ex we've seen it in watchdogs and then we've seen obviously the brute force stuff and shooting people hardcore in just about every other first person game um so i feel like either of those two ways it's going to be it's not anything revolutionary to me as it feels like they're trying to make it seem it's just going to be a little bit it's what we've already seen plus one a little bit mm-hmm. um i also feel like there's way too much uh, customization and ways that you could do things that I'm like, how do I, how do I just play the game? I just want to choose a couple of things that work for me and play the game. And there's so many other things it looks like to choose from that I'm going to be overwhelmed by choice. And the whole time I'm going to be like, did I pick the wrong skill? Am I going to do it? Is that something that I should have done? Am I doing this right? And then you go back to something like control and it's like, you have six skills to choose from. Like three of them are essential and you can power them up if you want other, or you can stay strong as fuck. Like that's the kind of simplicity I love in a game. But then you get to the story stuff and the world and I'm like, oh shit, all of this looks really, really cool and I'm super interested in how that's going to play out and those character relationships and what these gangs do. And then I'm like, but then I actually got to play the game (laughs) 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 and I've got to use the same old stuff and then I've got to actually like drive all over town and it's going to be like GTA I feel like where there's just like so much going on and so much of it is inconsequential to things that i actually care about i'm i'm just so nervous and and anxious about it no
0: i i totally totally see where you're coming from on it and i get that vibe too where i was watching this going you know this really is just an rpg however it's more open than any rpg feels like it's ever really been before in terms of how dynamic it can get and i feel like it's really just high 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 attention to detail that i'm excited about yeah. It's not necessarily because I it's a revolutionary gaming experience. And I talked about this before, uh, a while ago, where it's it's like Cyberpunk's not gonna be replicated because it's not like a system that they're replicating. You can't replicate a high level of polish unless you just invest a ridiculous amount of money and time like they're able to do into making a game like this. So like I, I agree with you completely. This isn't like, you know, um, like when Metal Gear Solid came out and it made a whole new genre of like stealth games that we really hadn't seen before. It's not like that. It's just hey, you really haven't had a cyberpunk world that's this involved before. You've never really had a like a, and it, plus too, it's an original world. It's not like it's based off of some existing property as well. Yeah, which I think adds to the excitement for me So I, I know I have less of an expectation of of what I'm going to see in the world. Um, but I think the 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 choice is what excites me because it's, it's supposed to be more like a pen and paper game. It's supposed to feel like more like a Dungeons and Dragons where you go on this quest, the game is the dungeon master, and you get to make whatever choice you want when you're approaching that level. And that is really unique. But again, that's not like an original idea. It's just bringing pen and paper games to video games the way it really hasn't happened before. But it's kind of always been like a goal of RPGs.
1: Yeah, I feel like there are so many games that are like, and you can approach this battle from any way you want. You can go vertical. You can slide down a zip line. You can hack this security camera over here and make a robot drive over there and explode in their butt. And I feel like every game has claimed to do that in the last five to ten years. None of them, I feel like, have been really successful.
0: And maybe this will be the first one. I feel like this is going to be the first one that is more successful than the rest of them to a degree where it might as well give me any option. It feels like it does. And basically, I, had saw, seeing how differently things played out in those two different scenarios, like the same scenario, two different players approaching the same thing, I really did get a vibe that it could be that much different. Yeah. Like, so Deus Ex, we played that. I never got a vibe playing Deus Ex that like, I could have handled the mission differently. I felt like I just had to do the mission, guns a-blazing, hacking occasionally. I feel Regis like I played I really- the opposite, right? I think I, I ended up doing it
1: straight up hacking everything. I feel like that's... Because okay. I think we had this discussion. I honestly blacked a lot of that game out. But yeah. I think that yeah. I went straight up hacking on
0: that. I didn't. I didn't get a vibe that I could. Maybe I just really bad at the game. But in this Maybe game, I, I really feel like... Maybe I the codex, and you didn't. <laughs> that's also possible, yeah. But I don't know. I'm just so, so pumped about this. Yeah. Um, very, very excited. Um, last note is actually another story um, about this. Cyberpunk has talked about how they're going to be doing a... Um, a dual franchise model where they're going to basically be going back and forth between Witcher and cyberpunk. Like basically like Bethesda has been doing with fallout and Skyrim. Cool. I guess, you know, both and- of those games are the same issue for me. I think
1: I think that's so I think my issue with those games and a lot of open world games that I just never even start is that, there's too much to do. And this is also with, like, think about Far Cry 4, Far, Far, whichever one we played. Far there's Cry 4, yeah. There's so much to do that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that, like, I could do this mission and help this person do that. And I'm going down the road, and then there's a bear attacking a guy, and I can go save the guy. There's so much to do that doesn't fucking matter in the grand scheme of what you're doing in the game. And then I'm also worried that Cyberpunk could go the opposite route. And that everything you do could matter to the entire world, and then that's too much. And there are too many things for me to be concerned about that could possibly go towards affecting this. And I'm not confident that they can strike a balance that's comfortable for me. But I am obviously in the minority because people fucking love The Witcher. And... They love CD I'm Red, not so. a big
0: Witcher fan, so I'll basically just skip Witcher games when they come out and then play Cyberpunk games. And, and people love If I like Cyberpunk 2077, so. we'll see. I feel like I'm going to. Feel like I'm going to. Yeah. We have a subscriber interrogative. We do! Welcome to
1: Ryan Subscriber Interrogatives, where people write in to at Respawn name Fire on Twitter or anything else in the world, and they ask us questions and send us kisses, and they paint us Kirby's on near automatas screenshots because remember near automata is our barf game and that was a callback to jerson's photo mode submission a long ass time ago and i didn't even get the joke yeah because there was one episode where i told people i step by step told them how to open up their phone go to the notes app sketch out kirby and then like two months later that was his submission for a photo mode and i totally didn't even get it what an idiot i was anyway idiot dust earth hill says, at Responding Fire, hashtag sub- so Ryan subscriber interrogative, who is your waifu in Pokemon Masters? The internet needs to know. Hold on, are you I don't familiar know with this- waifu? I don't know what this question means at all. I responded to this on Twitter uh, myself, not from our Responding Fire account, saying, I'm only about an hour into the game, but I haven't come across a waifu. Was that a typo? <laughs> and his response was, oh, you sweet summer child. let me read you the definition of waifu a fictional female character from non-live action visual media typically an anime manga or video game to whom one is attracted oh okay a that is an anime ass thing apparently so what female anime character do you have a hardcore crush on
0: from Pokemon Masters? From Pokemon
1: Masters. First of all, have you played Pokemon Masters yet? No, I've not. Is it worth playing? I played it for about an hour. It's interesting. It's not what I want from a Pokemon game. But okay. um, what I li- there are a couple things I like about it. One is that it doesn't... Th- I can see the potential for microtransactions, but it's not pushy about them. And in fact, it is hella upfront about them. Like you load the game and it asks for your birthday. And then it add, and then it has a disclaimer. This game has microtransactions. Be aware of how much you're spending on it. And then it says, "Would you like to set up an alert so that if you spend more than this much money in a month, we send you an email letting you know, hey, you've spent a lot of money on this game? They are 100% wow. transparent.
0: Yeah, 100% transparent.
1: Good for them. Good, I love seriously, it. seriously,
0: good for them. Yep, because they could have just been like, hey, let them spend a bunch of money. We like the whales." Yep, and they're 100% they're, transparent about it, and I love that's that. That's great. But I that's haven't felt
1: like I, they've been pushing me to. In fact, most of what you can spend your money on in the game, I feel like, is to unlock new Pokemon Sync pairs, which are a gym leader with a Pokemon. Anyway, it's interesting. There's a surprising amount of depth in the dialogue, and every single trainer has their own side quest. You can learn more about their background with their Pokemon. and But it's just not, it's not what I want from a Pokemon game. Anyways, I was only like an hour through. Got like three trainers, and obviously, Misty. Hello, everyone knows I have a, a thing for redheads. Someone else I don't remember who it was, but someone's pretty great. Someone in my life I said, They're just so rare. It's like, oh,
0: I found a redhead.
1: That's that's similar to what maybe it was you who said this, but I was like, I just have a weird thing for redheads. I like redheads, and somebody said, It's because they're like the shiny Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have put it that way, but I do agree with the this. Somebody of it. said that I don't remember who it was, but uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. So yeah, I've, Misty,
0: I've, duh, Dust. I'm gonna say Misty as well, just because for two reasons: a, because I completely agree, and second, because I don't really know the other traders and Pokemon Masters to to know. I'm sorry, Dusty, Euphoria. It's Earth, remember? Hill. No, no, no. It's Dusty Euphoria Hill. And Look I at the emoji for a second. Dusty Euphoria Hill.
1: Well, thank you for writing in. And Dusty, epilepsy hill. Epilepsy. Euphoria is so much nicer than epilepsy. Epilepsy is not mean. How dare you shame people with a, a condition that they have no control over? But euphoria is way nicer. Oh, my God. That's Would you like rather saying, have euphoria like or saying, epilepsy? It's not nicer. It's just different. That's like saying if I called someone brown-eyed, you're like, oh, my God, that's so awful because they don't have it's light, not the same beautiful, thing.
0: attractive-looking eyes. Everyone you, has okay, beautiful eyes. It doesn't if matter. If you were to say, do you want brown eyes or green eyes? Like, Well, that's a subjective thing. If I were like, do you want epilepsy or euphoria? Uh, I don't know. It's a trade-off.
1: It's a, it's a thing that you possess that you have no control <laughs> over and that shouldn't have a value judgment associated with it. So, Holden, shame on you. <laughs> I disagree. Shame you on you. You know you're wrong. We, you I'm disagree? Kidding. You think that we should put a value judgment on people with epilepsy? I'm not saying- If you're going through Tinder and somebody I'm has epilepsy in their epilepsy. profile, you're I'm not I'm saying the swipe concept
0: of epilepsy and the concept of euphoria. Which one, right now, which one, if you had to pick one, would you rather have? It's not asking which one you would rather have. It's asking <laughs> which label is associated
1: with you, and it's not good or bad either way. It's just but a thing that is. To our knowledge- We don't know if Dusty Euphoria Hill has either or not. We're just giving him a middle name. And I don't judge him for either one, if he does or doesn't. Okay. I'm Moving curious. on to Game on Game Dusty, Show. What would you rather be called? Dusty Euphoria Hill
0: or Dusty Epilepsy Hill. You don't I'm have to answer to that because your medical history is yours and yours only. It's not about your medical history, Dusty. It's about an arbitrary middle name we decided to give you nope. because it has the letter E in it. Game on Game Show. The game on a game show <laughs> called Game On. We play a game on a game show.
1: Game, 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 I've game.
0: I've got a game, new game, thing
1: game. I want to try out tonight. It might not work, it might be boring, it requires a lot of creativity.
0: <laughs> this is so we're gonna, gonna good we're gonna I see hate, how this goes I hate being creative on the spot without knowing what it is ahead of time
1: get out of here thank you
0: okay um so this is a game called michelle's
1: branching storylines why is it called michelle's <laughs> because michelle branch who's
0: michelle branch
1: you're like, everywhere to me oh it's UIC. first of all also when i close my eyes it's uic how does the university of illinois at chicago not adopt that as their theme song. You're <laughs> everywhere to me and when I close my eyes it's UIC. <laughs> How do they not have that as their school's official song? 100%. 100%. So this is a game where we introduce branching narratives into games that don't have them and then try to figure out what would happen if if that choice were made in the game. So this actually stemmed from us playing Man of Medan today and I was like what if other games, if we like accidentally forgot to hit a button press and something happened, like how would the rest of the game play out if this thing never happened? So I've got three games here, three okay. scenarios where something didn't happen or something happened differently. And how would the rest of the game play out from there? That's what we have to decide. Number one, in The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. What I do. you were going to start with that for some reason. Is it hookshot related? Nope. What okay. if uh, Zelda forgets to drop the Ocarina of Time in the moat? How does the rest of the game play
0: out from there? The rest of the game plays out where Link gets the the Master Sword. No, he can't get the Master Sword. He, he can't, can't get, get the, the Master, Master Sword. Sword.
1: He, can't, he can't obviously go into the future. He's got to wait his ass out for seven years for shit to happen. The whole time Zelda's just like, shit, I've got this ocarina with me. Ganon's captured me. I'm just going to have to sit with it here and play Hot Cross Buns for seven years because Zelda's so, not musically talented.
0: What he does is he gets a hammer and chisel and just gets to the door of time and just starts to chisel away at the stone of the door. <laughs> and that's like the fourth dungeon is literally just chiseling away at the door until you get in. That's that's what happens. Not, and he does do it for seven years. So when he pulls to the Master sword, he's still older by seven years, just like he was before. <laughs> yep. And he's just like, wait, he's like so determined about it. He doesn't even hear uh, like the war going on outside the the halls of the Temple of Time. As far as we know, no one goes in the Temple of Time. Right. No, Why would they have a reason to? They don't have any of the three gems. Yeah.
1: Nobody goes in there to pray or anything like that. Yeah. It's literally just a coffin with three empty gem slots
0: and a Mm -hmm. sword thing. Why does that thing exist? That's so weird. It exists so that you can get the master sword. (laughs) <laughs> that that's it. That's, so that's weird. all it is.
1: Uh, a step further. What happens if Saria never gave him her ocarina in the beginning of the game?
0: Well, can't really do have, anything. No, you. No, it's fine. She would. She, she doesn't give it to you, but she teaches you how to. Like you have to whistle the tune to get um, uh, King Denario, whatever his name is, the king of the Gorons, to talk to you. You have to whistle the tune instead just what about the rest of the game oh well let's see uh you wouldn't be able to tr- uh warp around you would not be able to use a, these uh, song of storms i feel like there'd come a time where you just you'd be like that's it
1: i'm i'm human or elf or whatever i'm a fairy boy and i've gone as far as i could do but i just can't do anymore and ganon has his way
0: yeah it's funny it relies on a flute well yeah. But for the sake of a joke, it all do relies on he, the flute.
1: Do you think there'd be a time when he like discovers that, oh, the way forward is I have to play this on an instrument? And then you'd be like, fuck, well, let me go see if I can go buy something from the castle store, if maybe they got a recorder or maybe a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Does he
0: discover that there's that music is the key to a lot of these puzzles? Yeah, like, oh man, I need it to to rain in this specific room. I don't know how to do that. Maybe a magical instrument would do it. Who knows? I see notes on the wall. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Number two. In Pokemon Yellow, your Pikachu dies in the battle against Brock. Not faints, but dies in your first gym leader battle against Brock.
0: You catch another Pokemon.
1: Do you catch another Pokemon? Because I'm thinking about it like you're, what, 10 years old? You bond with your first Pokemon And then they die in their first gym leader battle? Do you put other Pokemon through that trauma? Do you just say, you know what? Maybe this whole thing is is not for me.
0: Are you a sociopath or not?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're a 10-year-old kid and your brand new dog that you just fell in love with gets run over by a car. He's a mouse. He's a mouse. I'm I'm sorry. I was was making a metaphor to real life. your brand new pet dies. Do you... If your brand new dog gets run over by a car, then do you buy a new dog and then take it to the street again?
0: You probably would, yeah. Eventually. Or do you just say,
1: you know what, we're gonna build a so, fence to keep him from going to the street, and then you say we're not gonna go battle gym leaders anymore. We'll just so have a Pokemon is, and have fun. The
0: beginning of Pokemon, sure you know, like the beginning of Pokemon games, are like a little over long sometimes. It's like okay, I get it, I know how to catch a Pokeball, right? Yeah. Well, like in this one you get all the way over there, Pikachu dies, then you cry and you go home to your mom, she hires a therapist for you, you have to spend a few, like, you know, uh, maybe like a few years just talking to the therapist, doing stupid button prompts with the yes, no, or like dot, dot, dot responses and stuff like you get in Pokemon games. And then eventually, like, you're 12 years old now, you feel better, you get another Pikachu, you try again. But you need to love it a lot more this time. Yeah. And you also don't
1: use an electric Pokemon against an Onix.
0: Yeah which is stupid. You learn the lesson. And what the therapist really tells you is, well, what the fuck did you expect? Right? Let me tell you about basic Pokemon
1: types. Guess you shouldn't have watched the anime (laughs) where (laughs) Pikachu does this giant-ass Thunderbolt and kills Onix anyway. No, it doesn't work. It literally does no damage. Interesting. stop
0: trying. What are you, crazy? If if he just
1: gives up and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna be like that shorts kid, the bug trainer, and just go be on a route. I have my Pokemon, my three Pokemon, and we'll just battle occasionally with passers-by, and I'm not going to go on this thing to be the best in the world. He's not going to conquer Team Rocket. He's not going to go figure out the mysteries of the Silph Co. He,
0: all of this stuff is not going to happen just because his Pikachu died. It depends if he has, goes to therapy or not. His, therapy, his therapist whips <laughs> him into shape. Teaches Number... him, use a water type. Use a wa- or get the Butterfree. Level up your Caterpie until <laughs> it becomes a Butterfree. I know the Metapod is worthless. I know it is. <laughs> Trust me. Just throw it out in a battle, take it back in, then use your beloved Pikachu to fight. But if you evolve XP, it from a
1: Caterpie, it's got Tackle. Then it's not worthless. That's true. That's true. Got Tackle, String Shot, and Harden. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, bruv. Number Metapod three is still pretty useless. It is useless. In Super Mario Bros., the princess actually was in the first castle. <laughs> <laughs> how does that game play out because we still know Bowser kidnapped her it's like somebody wronged you but yeah. she was in the first castle do you continue through all eight worlds to right I'll the tell wrong tell you
0: what it is Peach is like this Bowser guy is really evil and he has dominated and controlled seven un- other kingdoms including his own let's take down those kingdoms and win them back for, for Mushroom Kingdom and then it's just a and then revenge and they fight side by side <laughs> revenge, a lover's revenge <laughs> Lovers' revenge. Do you think Peach then, is
1: joining in the battle, and like maybe like Super Mario Bros 2 You like get to play as her um, as they fight side by side, or is she still like y'all? I'm gonna go back to Mushroom you know. Kingdom
0: and hang out. I think she's back to Mushroom Kingdom. I was but trying not keep to going say that because I don't want to be sake. like mean, but like let's be honest, she's gonna go back to Mushroom Kingdom and she'll bake like Mario a cake every time he beats. A new kingdom, or something whoa, like that. that's sexist as hell. It's not because that's what he does in Super Mario sixty four. That she gives him a cake at the end of the <laughs> game.
1: Hell, oh, you're the woman, <laughs> so you're gonna go back to your castle and just. It has bake me to do with Everything to do
0: with she did that in Mario sixty four because that's like thank you for saving my life. Here's a cake. It's lame. Oh
1: my god, it's but lame. everybody knows, in Super Mario Bros. Two, Princess Peach was the best character.
0: Was she in Super Mario Bros. 2?
1: Yeah. That was what they introduced to the her
0: flying and floating back and forth. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I thought it came much later in like the Wii U version or something like that. No. Which that one was... was it? The Wii U version or the Wii version? I don't remember. I don't know. Interessante. But yeah, she was the only one in that in that game who could fly. Fine. I take it back. She uses her umbrella a lot. and she... It's a parasol? It's a parasol. Fewer. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it for Game on Game Show, and that's it for our podcast today. Thank you for listening. Three things. One, if you want to play along with us for barf, we're playing Near Automata. Again, get through ending A at least. Try to get all the way through E. We'll try to do the same with this deluge of games coming out this month. Uh, two, if you are a patron or if you'd like to be a patron for $1 a month or more at patreon.com slash respawn your wallpapers are there. And they are Mario-themed, brick-themed. They're also our Twitter icon on our Twitter page if you want to go take a look at that. If you get – if you pay for $1 for this month, you also get all the wallpapers from before. And they're all dope, so your mom's butt. Number three, right into the show, tell us what you want to see on Bits of Barf if we do for Barf, Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game for october that includes lots of little games what little games you would like to see on that list thank you everyone i'm curious why this is there but i'll say it thanks and now for how we always end the show at matt from rhode island okay that's a
0: weird <laughs> glitch that's been happening i remember the one time i'm like hey did you put at matt at rhode island to the bottom of the note and you're like no i didn't for some reason every time i Bring in the new show notes into the main show note list. That populates at the bottom every single time for whatever reason. Matt, do you still have access to our note? It says you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just want us to plug you. Is that what it is? Oh, that's a sex term. It's not. It's, it's not a sex term at all this context. I'm gonna plug your butthole. <laughs> it's not what I meant at all. I'm gonna you know plunge it. deep into that anus. Love you, Matt. A plug is... Like saying what you like when we do guest spots and we say, "Hey, we're from Responding Fire." That's a plug. Or like when you say, "Hey, I'm going to plug all your holes."
1: (laughs) That's the context. I was referring to the same thing. All right, thanks everybody. Good night.